the first stage is to get people addicted to technology to the point where, at the most extreme, they'll get up in the dead of night and they'll, they'll queue, standing line, outside an Apple store to get the first of the new technology. And what they want eventually, and not too distant into the future, is people basically lining up to be connected to AI. In the same way that people in Sweden now are having parties to celebrate someone being microchipped, right? This is, this is it's all, all this connects. So the next stage, because the, the idea is to get in the body, the next stage is to um, get on the body. So we went from just holdables, we went to wearables, we went to Bluetooth and Google Glass and Apple Watches and all these other gadgets that go on the body now. Even what they call electronic tattoos that are basically microchips on the skin. And the next stage is to go in the body, which is already starting in places like um, Sweden. And the idea is to take this on and people like Ray Kurzweil, who is a Google executive. I mean, Google and Facebook are really at the cutting edge of this stuff. People think it's a social media operation only or a, a search engine only. No, no, no. Um, this whole Google group now, which is given the name Alphabet, um, uh, are absolutely at the cutting edge of this whole AI technology. So is Amazon. So is Amazon. Amazon's uh, uh, got contracts worth hundreds of millions of dollars with the CIA and the Pentagon for cloud services and stuff. Yeah, they have massive data services. Massive, yeah. The consumers don't see. So the idea is to, is to take this on and what Kurzweil is saying, and he, he claims an 80% success rate in, in his predictions of incoming technology and when it will come in, but you know, if you know when it's going to come in, then you've got a great chance of predicting it, haven't you? You know, it's like if you know when a, a stock market's going to fall because the people you are connected to are going to make it fall, well, you're going to get out just before it falls and you're going to get in just before you know they're going to push it up. I mean, it, you know, you don't have to be, you know, Nostra Bloody Damas if you know the script. But anyway, if this was his agenda, maybe he shouldn't tell us. Yeah. Or is it so clever no, that he's telling us? No, this is why he's telling us. It's the it's sales so pitch. Okay. The sales <coughs> pitch, and this is why they're being... We have the illusion of choice that yeah, we're going to be a part of it. They... This is the sales pitch, and this is why they're telling you. The sales pitch is when we connect to artificial intelligence, um, we'll be superhuman. That's what the sales pitch is. That's his sales pitch. Right. That's Siri, the sales pitch. Alexa, all yeah. these things. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll come to them in a second. They're very, very interesting, very important. Okay. Um, so what you've got um, is the idea that connect to AI and you'll become superhuman intelligent. No, you'll become subhuman intelligent. You'll become a vehicle for artificial intelligence. And whoever controls artificial intelligence will control every the perceptions of every mind that it's connected to. Um, and that's that's the sales pitch, but that, then that's the reality of what it really means. Now, if you're going to make a physical connection with AI, you're not going to do that on a mass scale until you've made a psychological connection. And um, there is a, a process, uh, a psychological process, which is known as preemptive programming. Preemptive programming is, is this. You're going to usher in a world 
that is so different, so dramatically different to what anyone's been used to, that you're going to have an obvious resistance purely by the chasm of difference between um, the world people are used to and the world you're taking them into. So you prepare them for it through preemptive programming. You put out a stream of movies out of elite controlled Hollywood. You put out television programs, you put out books, you put out all these things that basically portray the world you want to take people into. Another part of this psychological connection with artificial intelligence, so we'll accept the outcome that I've talked about, is these Alexas and these Echoes and these so-called office assistants or personal assistants. Because people, I've met people who've got one in every room. And you start to interact with them as if they're human. And now they're bringing in internet-connected um, toys for kids, even little kids, and Barbie dolls that they can actually have conversations with artificial intelligence. They're now bringing in these uh, robots that are uh, these synthetic robots that are looking more and more uh, like humans. A lot of them coming in from from the east, um, and this is a whole psychological process of familiarizing um, us with artificial intelligence to getting people to interact with it until it becomes the most natural thing in the world. Well, is this a positive thing? What if it makes us live better lives? Could it be? Well, um, if, if you want to use artificial intelligence to make things happen in an, a, a more efficient way, well, there's an argument for that. But that that's not an argument for connecting AI to the human brain and the human uh, perceptual processes um, so, that, so that artificial intelligence becomes those processes. And I'm not just saying that. Ray Kurzweil says this, by 2030, um, the connections will be start to be made between artificial intelligence and the human, human brain. And the human brain will be connected to what he calls the cloud. Another name for this is the smart grid. Basically, basically to artificial intelligence. And he says this too, because his sales pitch is it will be fantastic and will be superhuman, that as um, time passes, artificial intelligence will be uh, more and more of human thinking and human perception until basically it's the totality of human thinking and human perception, at which point we won't be human anymore in terms of the consciousness processes we are using today, we will be artificial intelligence. And this is the assimilation I'm talking about. And the point is, if, you're, if you are connecting the human mind to a grid, a global technological grid, that grid can be centrally controlled. It will take at the center point very, very few people to run it, and even fewer to decide how it's run. 
you're dealing with an addicted generation. This is a big time bomb ticking. This is no accident. Indeed, it is by design. I mean, seriously? It was my mistake. I mean, I think we can all feel it. To try to make these products as addictive as possible. spike in dopamine. You know, we now know that many of the major social media companies hire individuals called attention engineers who borrow principles from Las Vegas casino gambling, among other places, to try to make these products as addictive as possible. That is the desired use case of these products, is that you use it in an addictive fashion because that maximizes the profit that can be extracted from your attention and data. It literally is a point now where I think we have created tools that are ripping apart the social fabric of how society works. That is truly where we are. The way the technologist Jaron Lanier puts it is that these companies offer you shiny treats in exchange for minutes of your attention and bytes of your personal data, which can then be packaged up and sold. What happened is that the attention economy and this race for attention got more and more competitive. And the more competitive it got to get people's attention on, say, a news website, the more they need to add these design principles, these more manipulative design tactics, as ways of holding on to your attention. You don't realize it, but you are being programmed. Social media tools are designed to be addictive. The actual design, desired use case of these tools is that you fragment your attention as much as possible throughout your waking hours. That's how these tools are designed to use. Well, we have a growing amount of research which tells us that if you spend large portions of your day in a state of fragmented attention, so large portions of your day where you're constantly breaking up your attention, take a quick glance, do a just check, and just quickly look at Instagram, that this can permanently reduce your capacity for concentration. I am especially worried about this when we look at the younger generation coming up, which is the most saturated in this technology. And it's very addictive because if you pull on the slot machine arm enough, you will win. And you never know which pull will reward you.